Welcome back to episode seven of the Top Loader podcast. And in this episode, as we said last week, we're going to be talking all things breaking in the UK, which can be very interesting at times. But no, don't worry. We're not Sky News or Watchdog or Panorama. But welcome, Car King UK and Pat to the Top Loader podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Ronnie. Um, yeah, really, really excited to be here. Really honoured uh, to be asked. <laughs> thanks very much for joining us. And like I say, it's going to be a very interesting episode because we're going to be talking about breaking for the first time on the podcast and everything goes with it. But just as a bit of a background for everyone listening who may have seen your breaks or anything, but how come you got into breaking? It's like, why go down the breaking route? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, it, it kind of it, get, getting into cards to start with happened like ju- about just over a year ago. Um, I've always always been into into collecting things. Um, you know, before cards, I, I was um, and still do have a, have a bit of a trainer obsession. Um, I like things that are limited edition. I like things that only a certain amount of people can own and have and like have it in your possession. I think there's real value, not not just financially, but just personally knowing that you've got something that maybe only ten other people or nine other people in the world have. Um, you know, tie that in with with also being a massive football fan. Um, I guess one of my one of my recommendations on Instagram was a break, and I think it was um, I think it was Tiki back when he was doing Don Russ, and it came up on my like for you wherever the equivalent of Instagram for you pages, uh, and I started browsing and having a look, and I thought, God, this looks quite cool. And I went on eBay and and, and saw a couple of cards, and I was looking at the, you know those Jaden Sancho rookies, Foden, Mbappe, basically everything from that like eighteen nineteen Don Russ set. And, and loved it. And I entered one of the breaks. I, I can't remember if it was Tiki that I started my first break with or whether it was um, Jack from Cards Mate, but it was one of the two and got in and I, and I got a couple of cards and I thought, right, this is great. Um, uh, and, and kind of entered a few more breaks. But I guess after a while, I started asking myself, like, I really enjoy these, but I reckon I could also do this breaking, this breaking stuff as well. And I could do it really well. Um, and yeah, just 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 from there, started looking at how I would do that, how I would source products, how I would buy things, and I was doing it all wrong to start with. Um, but sort of as I got more and more into it, I kind of um, understood how I would get products in, how I would, and you know, speaking to people, other breakers, like how I would um, get stock in and how I would price stuff up and and, and so on. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically how I ended up doing it, and it was it was a right graph to start with. Oh, I bet. And I think you probably share a lot of things, even with collectors as well, that it's always that one little thing that lights the match and then it just kicks into a massive flame from there because it's so easy to get sucked yeah. into the hobby when you see, oh, let me have a look at these one type of cards. And then you're four hours later, you're looking at something completely different in the card hobby and then from there on you're hooked. But like you just say, like, there's a load of things that go into break and it's not just as easy as you literally start up a camera and you get a box. It's not as simple as that, even though some people might see me. So especially like when it comes to like the challenges you face, is it really hard when you started first started like sourcing your products, but also what protection of the cards, was that a thing you also had to do quite a lot of research into? Because obviously people are paying for these cards in breaks. And if they do hit, you've got to make sure that they get there in the perfect condition. Yeah. It, yeah. And that was, that was one of the real steep learning curves. Um, I guess just from, from from that, like getting the right kit to start with was 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 something you just you know I, I would say anyone who wants to get into breaking seriously then then ask questions then, then feel free to speak to any experienced breaker about how to source products. You've got people like Harry, obviously at, at Big H, who, who who can supply you with everything you need um, and understanding that. I remember my first few breaks. I, I'm I'm kind of pleased that I've always sleeved every card and knew very early on that that was a like you have to sleeve cards. Um, and put the time in doing that because 
what even though you might not see there's there's any value in a card a collector who collects certain players or teams you know they, they want to protect their their, their, their investment um uh, but I didn't really know what top loaders were um, or know what they were called to start with. I remember Googling some really random stuff, trying to find out what they were. And I would I would sleeve up all my cards and then I would get two thick bits of cardboard and push them together and masking tape around it and pop it in an envelope. And I wasn't using padded envelopes to start with. And it wasn't until like I, I had entered a few breaks and other people were sending it. Again, I think um, Tiki was w- one of the guys who who had these green, bright neon green padded envelopes that he was sending out to people with a pack of Haribo in. And I thought, God, I need to get me, I need to get myself some of those padded envelopes and started looking into that stuff and everything about like how do I make sure that when you, i.e., someone who buys into my one of, one of my breaks, receives their cards, you get them in the best co- possible condition, and you think, God, Pat has really looked after those cards. He cares. He cares about what he does. Um, so yeah, that was that was a real challenging part of like the, the learning process because you don't get that just by buying cards off eBay because that stuff kind of comes in. Uh, I guess the the other bits were were basically filling breaks to start with and just like what I felt like was like harassing people in their DMs like, about breaks and like breaks I had coming up and selling spots and and I think people's expectation is you can sell a breakout like instantly. Like my my first twenty five breaks were. Were, were a proper graft and you've invested quite a lot of money in the stock and you're kind of sitting there worrying a bit like am I going to be able to sell this or has this just been a w- massive waste of money and um yeah it was really like in people's dms annoying people basically um until they until they entered um, and I'm always kind of a bit I get that now with other people asking me to be in their breaks and you know as, as irritating as people find it I kind of have to remember like that's that's what I did when I first started and you know you got you can't can't knock someone's hustle. Oh no, definitely, it's definitely, especially with how the hobby was at a certain point, especially in the six to ten months ago. It seemed like there was a new breaker every single like half hour popping up. So it was a very hard market at one point. But even just moving like when you started to now, obviously the hobby has changed a, a big deal, not just product wise, but sheer quantity of collectors especially in the uk because the uk is growing massively have you seen that firsthand that the actual market in the uk is boomed literally out of control in comparison to what it was when you was first getting into it because no doubt when we've spoke to previous collectors on the uh, podcast they've seen the difference of just people wanting to buy a card so how has it been from like a breaking perspective in the uk yeah i think to, to start with my breaks were kind of you know maybe maybe 15 to 20 of the same people every single week and you were breaking you know once a week um and and during that week you were then sorting out the break and posting it out to them and then by the time the next weekend came across they had um you know they wanted to they wanted to be involved in another one now you can do um you know you can do three or four breaks a week and you have can you can have different people in every single one of them and you can fill them in in a day which is which is awesome you, t- you tie that in with basically a constant release of product um and, and different collections and things um there's always a the the there's a market for every single thing that's released. Like you've seen that with F1, like a year ago, I didn't see F1 on my radar at all. Now my time is almost 50-50 with, with what's on my feed at the moment with people breaking F1 and, and football. I mean, you can kind of put that down to some some pretty lackluster releases over the fir- first three months of this year from a football point of view. But um, at the same time, like Topps Chrome's F1's come out and it's just killed it, um, which, is, which is amazing to see. And it gets a whole new group of people involved in, um in, in in the hobby as well so yeah for sure being able to see be able to fill breaks and, and and not rely on the same like 
10, 15 people has been has been quite reassuring. But at the same time, it just everything's much more competitive than it was. Like being first to market, being price competitive, having a great setup. Like everyone can kind of do that stuff now. And you do as a breaker, like constantly think about how you're going to elevate your game and like how you're how you're going to offer value to the people that that enter your enter your breaks. And when I say value, I don't just mean the cheapest thing. I mean offering like a great experience from start to finish from from buying into a break to receiving your cards like are you as a customer entertained by what you see are you impressed with the knowledge do you want to have a conversation about the products like that's what people want to do on a friday and saturday night they want to chill with a beer they want to watch packs being ripped and chat about the hobby you know as as the the breaker as the as the as, as the entertainer in that respect you've got to facilitate that and then you've got to make sure people get their cards quickly and and protected well um not everyone offers that I, but at the same time lots of people now do compared to what they did 12 months ago there's really like three or four people doing that yeah, i understand to agree with you with the entertainment factor. i think that's a massive thing now within the industry and the market itself that you've got to set yourself different to market and it's now growing a trend that people will just sit there and watch breaks. They don't have to be involved with it. Whereas one point you'd only really ever watch a break if you was in in mm. for a player or a team. Whereas now a lot of, you get a load of people just lurking. I'm, I'm one of these people. I lurk in so many breaks. I just like watching cars be broke, see what was available and then go from there and be like, Oh, actually, you know what? I might pick up some of these cars. I might enter a break. But I think the big talking point from Panini, especially this year and tops as well, obviously the delays, which have been catastrophic for not just, collectors but massively for breakers and obviously first-hand experience you would have realized have some products especially prison being heavily delayed it creates um, a sheer demand in the hobby that people are all right these cars are coming out say for example january 12th and then it goes back to february the 12th and then it comes out march have you um been affected by the actual delays of panini obviously it's one of them that due to like the shortage of cardboard so it's a bit unfair on them like, it's not intentional delay but have you actually had first-hand experience of these delays actually being detrimental to your breaking company yeah i mean especially the beginning of this year i guess it's there's been a shift over the last year from buying stock to order for your breaks you're like i'm going to do this break and you just buy the stock and get it in and then you buy a bit more stock and you buy and, and then you break it and then you reinvest that cash in like in in more stock and then at a certain stage you're like okay well i need to get on pre-orders now to secure like good stock so i can have this stock when it released when it's released and and that to pre-order that that fundamentally ties up some cash um and then if it's delayed that cash can't be can't be taken back out um I mean, it can be, but then you risk losing your your allocation. So, you know, when Prism came out and you're offered it from from a distributor, you go, great, I'll have some of that. Thank you very much. And you're expecting it to land on on January the third or whenever it was it, it was de- delayed. So, you know, you've invested three four thousand pounds in in stock, like in actual cash that's now waiting for that be, to be delivered. And before you can order any more cases, you've got to get the cash for for that case that you just ordered or those two cases that you just ordered and if it's delayed by two months you're like okay well i'm not going to see that four grand back for for another month or so um so i can't what am i going to use in in the meantime like you know you just you you don't have the breaks um you don't know what products to get in because you don't know when the release is going to happen so how much do you invest in other products and other stock how do you keep things ticking over are people saving their money for for prism are they saving it for tops like it's really difficult um, to do that. I've certainly been affected over these first three months by by the delays. You know, there was a lot of money tied up in Prism. There's a lot of money tied up in Tops. Tops was supposed to be released two weeks ago. 
Um, it's been pushed back until I believe the end of this month, but even so, I, I still don't know what the deadline is there. And then you've invested in one product, but then actually at the end of April, there's there's Chrome and there's Chrome Lite coming out from a, from a football point of view. So do you invest in collection? Do you do Chrome? Do you do Chrome Lite? What are the release dates? They keep moving. Like the, the last tops delay was five days before it was supposed to be released. It moved. So you think, well, that's three, four thousand pounds that I've got tied up. Like not going to see anything back on for another three or four weeks. Um, so yeah, that that does definitely been, definitely been tough um, and, and lessons learned there for sure. But I guess that's probably one of the problems of and growing pains of kind of trying to scale up a little bit. Oh, definitely. I think it's very fascinating to hear because obviously from a collector's point, it's a very different feel of where other cards are not out. So we can just look at other cards or go to another thing. But with a break and with investing that cash and being tied up, it's a massive all late, so to speak, because you're expecting a product to be released on one day. And when it gets delayed, especially like you say, five days before, it's very hard for any business if they was waiting for a certain stock and liquid assets to come in and then they can just go and you can't get anything out of it for four months especially with the breaking world it's not as easy as oh well that's fine we can get a refund on it and just do nothing with it but just moving yeah. on to like different actual types of products because obviously now compared to like a few years ago it was literally everyone was breaking chronicles and prism and that was about it and now you've got such a wide variety of products not just premier league your bundesliga your mls your chronicles mm. you've got prisms you've got international cards now of like the more of the recent releases like uh, Don Rust Prism and especially the Tops products, um, we're going to go into Sapphire in a bit because we are both big fans of that and we will talk about that. But has there been any products that you've taken by surprise and you've actually really enjoyed breaking compared to what you thought at the first? You might have been like, oh, it's just a bit of a run-of-mill product. Yeah, for sure. I actually, um, when I first, like this time a year ago, I was obsessed with with the 1819 Don Rust, you know, with the Foden rookie and, and the Sancho ones. And that's kind of all I all I broke. I've kind of been a firm believer in break what you enjoy breaking because that that comes across in in your breaks, whether it be product knowledge or um, just being able to to understand what the hits are and and enjoy it. Like you should you should be enjoying it. It's not something that you know. It's something I do on the side to my actual job. Like I need to be able to enjoy it to motivate me to do it. So yeah, I had that Don Ross, and then Tops Chrome came out, and I'd never really heard of it. I think I was told when I first joined the hobby that Panini was like the one and Tops were like a sub. They were like, they have the Champions League, but they're not like the OGs of it. That's who Panini are. They're the ones with the real value. And then you have Don Rust kind of backing that up a bit. And then Tops Chrome came out last year and it kind of blew me away with, with, with the product, the rookies on it. Um, it's just unrivaled. So I absolutely love breaking just the basic Tops Chrome. The one that took me the most by surprise, I think, was the Stadium Club Chrome. When I first got it, I only got a couple of boxes in and the imagery on the cards was, that they look great. The card stock is really good as well. So quite a thick card. Um, and it just looked really high end, but it was actually like the cheapest tops product to, to get. Uh, it's really nice to see how, like they have a bit of a resurgence at the moment while we're kind of waiting for the, these next top, tops products to come out. Um, and then the other one was tops finest. Um, I know we'll get on to Sapphire because that's obviously my, my like top tier product, but like Top's finest is, I, I think, is incredible, both both across Bundesliga and um, and and the Champions League. And last year we 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 were, we were spoiled with with kind of the best rookie class ever. Um, so to have all of those products with all of these amazing rookies in were uh, was was pretty special. Um, so yeah, they 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 kind of took me took, took me the most by surprise, I guess. Um, I've always kind of steered clear of like the curated sets and uh, um, and, and like. 
player specials and, t- and team special ones. Um, I know there's, there's there's great demand for it, but it just doesn't really appeal to me. And um, yeah, I'd like to think that I'd, I kind of would stick to my guns with, I like certain products and I'll continue to break them and kind of everything else people can go elsewhere. I mean, there's so many breakers breaking so much stuff. It's not, not really a shortage of it. No, definitely. I think Stadium Club is a very underrated product because one of my biggest pet peeves in the hobby is especially when uh, a certain set, they will use exactly the same imagery over three sets or even this yeah. happened in times where tops have used tops now imagery on Chrome and you just be like, be like, be a bit different. Like rather than having their profile of them running with the football, which they like to do in 99% of pictures, have it while they're celebrating with another player. Why not have more than one player in a picture on their stadium club? And some of their pictures are fantastic. One of my favourite ones from the collection is actually Neymar's one where he's wearing the Diego Maradona top. And I think it's just little things like that which make a card worthless into a little bit of a cool collector's item and there's some very interesting ones in that set like you say but before we go on to the sapphire just looking at some of the more recent releases which have been a bit of a letdown and i've been we've been having massive discussions about prism on this podcast before uh, with aaron investing in soccer with mainly how the print run has really affected not just the sheer enjoyment of watching breaks of prism but just the overall product itself i i don't know if you would agree but due to the sheer quantity of more parallels this year and going from a 199 to a 340 for your highest parallel, it's, has it taken a bit of the sting out of Prism, especially if you compare it to two years ago in Prism where there was hardly any parallels and if you hit a parallel, it was unbelievable. Even last year, if you hit it to 199, it had some value, but whereas this year, it just seems to have gone, it's fallen off a cliff quite quickly, actually. Yeah, it has. Um... Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? You want the hobby to grow. For the hobby to grow, there needs to be more cards available. Um, I'm not quite sure why everyone insist, why all the all the producers insist on putting so much base card in, in into packs. I just don't see that there's any any need for that in terms of print runs. If your numbered cards are going to be higher, fine, just put less cards in the pack, um, less base cards. They don't intrinsically have much, much value to them. Having said that, I remember the last, I was actually listening to the podcast with Aaron on last night and, Talk about the, the sack of a base card was going for like 20 quid in last year's prison, which is crazy. I, I, I sold a Jude Bellingham Chrome base card for 70 quid, I think, in the first week of the Chrome release. So I get the base cards can have some value to them, but long term with large print runs, they don't. We saw that with Dom Russ as well. Just they're, they're not worth anything um, unless they're a rated rookie or, or any or things like that. Then you're looking at the numbered cards. Um, and yeah, there were, you know, with more people getting to hobby, more, more cards are required. The print runs are going to be higher. They didn't move some of them. So, you know, the cards that still are numbered to 99 and to 75 and to 49 and, and 25 and 10 or whatever, they still, that's still, they still hold the same value because they haven't increased the amount of players in the set. There's still a 300 card, card base set. So uh, an out of 99, at least say, um, still has the same value because there is only 99 of those made. It's just harder to hit them. Um, and I like the fact they've kept that in. There's that top end, they've moved up, but the, the bottom end of the cards, the cracked ices, the purple prisms, the um, the oranges and the golds, yeah, they're rarer to hit, but that's because the print, we know there's print runs. You're not entering a, one of the new prism break thinking it's going to be just as easy to hit a gold. They're obviously going to be a lot more difficult to hit. It means that those cards are worth more money, though, because they're, they're harder to, to get hold of. Um, and it's the same with the color blast. I actually liked the fact the, the Colour Blast weren't a guaranteed case hit. And I don't think they were case hits in, in the last 
prism. I think they were in the breakaway boxes, but it was the kabooms in, in last year's one. And obviously they've got rid of those as well. But um, yeah, the color blasts. Now, if you hit a color blast, they really do have good long-term value to them because they're super rare. And they they blast super rare over the back of the box. And I think it's really important that as it grows, we know that the, the you know, the higher numbered uh, parallels are always going to be worth a little bit less as they grow. But, you know, those 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 double-digit numbered cards and below are, are great. I hit a, um, I'll send you a picture of it last night, the Emil Smith-Rowe Blue Shimmer to eight. Like that's, regardless of the print run of Prism, that's always going to have like long-term value to it because there's only eight of them in the world made. Um, so regardless of the print run, it's just your expectation of hits. And that's reflected in price. You know, that Prism was half the price of last year's prison when it was released. Um, so your expectations almost have to be halved with what you're going to hit because the pricing is, is half half what it is. Um, and I just think, you know, everyone got a, a, a hobby box of prism and broke it on Instagram Live. Um, and if you're entering one of those breaks and you don't hit something and it's kind of a bit thrown together, it's an Instagram Live with a laptop screen and the lighting's not right and things like that, and then you don't hit, then yeah, you really are going to feel that that's 15, 10, 15 pounds down the drain. Whereas if you're doing it and it's either a case break or it's a it's a break with a breaker who's invested and set up, then even if you don't hit the exact cards that you want, at least, or well, I hope that you would feel entertained and that that's worth, you know, five of that 10 pounds you might have spent on the break um, and you're going to get your cards in good condition. Like that, again, I feel adds to people feeling a little bit more disappointed because they were entering the breaks left, right and centre because there were twice as many breakers and everything was a bit flat around it. And obviously we're in an echo chamber. One person says Prism's rubbish, then it just escalates and escalates. I, The hits in, in Prism are still of, of value. You just They're just like a little bit more difficult to find, but that's reflected in the price. You can enter twice as many Prism breaks now because the price is 50% what it was last year and you can still chase those 99 and below. But yeah, I... I like it all come back like it, it did this last time. Prism was there. It was very expensive. It went away. It came back and it was it was cheap. And, you know, we talk about products that surprised us. Um, those H2 boxes last year, they went to like below 100 quid. Um, and you could, and there, there are 48 cards and you're guaranteed a card either to 23 to 10 or to one. Um, and sometimes you've got some, some, some autos in there as well. Like they just boomed. Like people were all over that like guaranteed a low numbered card, a bit like the, the fresh off the line boxes, albeit knowing it was expensive. Um, so that, plus you've got Breakaway. I think Breakaway, they haven't upped it. It's still to 199. So again, when Breakaway comes out, it's the same print run as last year. So they're going to be rarer um, than, than the current Prism. And um, I think that will help boost it as well. Oh yeah, fantastic. And so I think it's time to move on to the gem of the uh, trading card hobby, <laughs> which is Sapphire. And, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't appreciate the true, not even the value of the cards, just the look at the cards. Because when you actually get even the base card in your hand, it is a lovely card. And it's actually in another collection would be a very low numbered card, how good it looks. And it's just a fantastic card. So I'll let you take the floor because I know you're going to run with this and we're going to have a great chat about Sapphire and the, the brilliant amount of cards. And it's not just Champions League now as well. You've got Bundesliga Sapphire. You've even got MLS Sapphire, which... I've recently been buying into a little bit and buying in the American market, but how nice is this product? Not even just the numbered parallels, but even the base card, how nice are they? Yeah, I mean, they are, as soon as as soon as soon I got my first box, and this is when 
they were, I think they were on for $250 when they first were released. And then they went up immediately to like 500. I bought, um, I bought 12 boxes at $500, which now they're at like seven, $800. And that's within six months. Um, and I just, I, I was just obsessed with them. The, the two parallels were great. And you combine that with the potential of hits in there. So, you know, that rookie class from last year, which is the one that I got into. And I, I know that there's the Harland one and um, who that has fatty in it as well. And you look at the price of how that's moved over the last 18 months, that's gone from $250. Now I think it's uh, $1,300 if you wanted to buy a single box of that with 36 cards, which is crazy. So we know that long-term these Sapphire cards hold their value. Um, so there's always something in it. Like all, even those base cards, even those rookies that might not be, you know, the, the 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 hype rookies you don't know what's going to happen in two years and if you've got a base one of those it could be worth a fortune if it's graded even the dudes now and a raw dude base is going for what 45 50 quid and the images image variations going for 55 60 for a base for a base ungraded card that's crazy and that's that's always been the way like it wasn't like the boom in prism and then they fall off and they become two quid like sapphire holds its value which is why i just think it's it's a really nice product for people to invest in um, and, and get obsessed with because not only do you have that, you also have this greatest rookie class of all time. You've got your, your Bellingham, Coco, Pedri, Gravenberg, Kamavinga, uh, Adiemi, Anthony. I mean, there's so many of them. There's literally 10 great rookies that really, even in these next sets, you'd be like, oh, even if I had two of them, they'd be incredible. Um, so the fact you can chase those, I actually think, um, people should be holding those 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 boxes sealed. If, if you want to do it as an investment, as a breaker, it's kind of impossible to, to keep something sealed. But um, yeah, if you've got a box of it, sit on it because if the the previous year's prism that's now at thirteen uh, sapphire that's now at thirteen hundred quid is anything to go by, well, this is a better rookie class, um, and, uh, uh, and 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 it's still pretty fresh, so you can pick them up for yeah, like six seven hundred dollars at the moment, um, which is. I think pretty good value. It's it's not unbreakable yet. They get to a certain price, and for a single box with thirty six cards, it becomes pretty like expensive to do. And you think, God, this is going to be a struggle to, to price up these breaks. But yeah, so I, yeah, I've been I've loved it. Trying to try to do a sapphire break every couple of weeks, and yeah, I've got one coming up on on Thursday as well. So happy with that. There's there's my plug. <laughs> yeah, plug away. But I don't, no doubt, everyone be tuning in. Everyone, I love a sapphire, and I think. It's, like we say, it's a very underrated product, not just for product value, but the, the actual aesthetic look. And when you look at some of the actual numbered parallels and some of the actual ice designs, what you get with the sapphire, you got the, like, the oranges and the gold, which just are unbelievable, especially in person. Um, but when breaking it, like, has there been a standout card in sapphire that you've hit and you've just been like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous? For anyone listening to that, he's having a look around, and I know he's probably got a load of sapphire cards in his room right now, and I'm thinking, oh, what we got here? But it's a lovely collection. So yeah, I've actually I hit this in my break, and then I bought it, and then I got it graded, and then I sold it again. But that is you won't you'll be able to see it, but no one else will. But that's the that's a Jude Bellingham yellow. Uh, that's Jude Bellingham image variation yellow sapphire, um, which is numbered to ninety nine. So it's like yeah, the yellow on yellow for Dortmund just works. Um, and that it graded it graded a PSA nine, which I was pretty gutted about. That went through through Aaron. Um, and I've, I've sold it now, um, which is which is awesome. But that's my favorite. We I did a I hit a Pedri to 25, so a Pedri purple. 
um, for, for some guy who entered my break, um, John, and that graded a PSA 10. And he, he yeah, and, and he, he sold that. And I think it paid for a holiday for him and his, him and his missus to Dubai or somewhere. Um, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> it's not not. I think that, I think that spot in that break was like eighty quid as well. It's not a bad investment. Um, and that was across a, a five box sapphire break. So yeah, that Pedri out twenty five was was pretty was pretty special. Um, but yeah, as a as a Jude Bellingham collector, uh, hitting that ninety nine, which you know the color match is incredible on it. And yeah, I've really uh, really enjoyed ripping so many of those. I've got my own little Jude PSA uh, ten sapphire collection as well. Um, which trying to try to go for the rainbow, but it's pretty expensive. Oh no, no doubt, and that's actually a perfect segue into the next thing I was going to talk about. It's like your actual personal collection. So, like when you was obviously breaking and you've seen cards and like Jude Bellingham PSA is a lovely PC to have, and like you say, expensive collection to have because PSA Jude Bellingham is not cheap. Is there what made you go for the graded route and for the Bellingham route? Um, I think in terms of I think in terms of buying stuff online um I, I bought a few raw cards and they had problems with them um and i think again if you if we think well when i think about long-term stuff to have the card encased and in perfect condition for the whole time that's what's overall is going to long-term going to help the value of the card so um i was i was buying some raw cards i thought i'll get these graded i mean the immediate question that should have been going off my head is you know if the cards are that good why is the buyer not grading these cards himself like why are they selling them raw there's probably a, there's probably like any card of any value i'm talking you know like cards 100 pounds above like if you are buying that raw why is the person not grading it and i i guess that i you know i get that psa has been closed for a bit and you know 100 pound cards are not going to spend 259 pounds getting it getting graded on express but um like you thought you'd sit on them until they opened up if they were that good and i kind of been stung a bit a few times so i went down the route of thinking well i'm only going to buy um, graded cards um, and I wanted to start a collection of, of just gem mint so ones in the best possible condition um, and, and have that I've got my little my little suitcase um, that has 42 spots in it um, and just uh, and just yeah want, want, want to keep that full with as many gem mints as I possibly can um, and kind of rotate them in and out as and when I change my PC the only person I've really stuck to is, has been Jude Bellingham I guess because having watched him watched him play he's probably I feel like the most exciting English player um, that we have at the moment maybe outside of Phil Foden um, and we've seen what happens to the value of his his rookie cards um, so yeah I really I'm really excited I mean as a uh, yeah as a as a uh, a Man United fan slash Crystal Palace fan but Man United fan for my for my whole life um, to, if he went to Liverpool it would kind of destroy me but um <laughs> but uh, while he's at Dortmund I, I you know he's fantastic he's, he's such a good player he always performs I don't think um I mean he looks very mature for someone who's only 19 20 years old um and just exciting and he's English as well so I guess getting behind getting behind someone that's going to have a big world cup and a big future for for our national team and makes people want to tune in and watch them um yeah I just feel that's a yeah it's a good solid bet uh, definitely I have no doubt in the talent the kid's got and it's scary to think of that he's still that young because there's many of players who are six seven years older than him who he looks more experienced and more professional than him it's just a like I say, fantastic player and if he does get a move to the Premier League or another powerhouse in European football which is deserved then no offence to Dortmund but should be playing at the highest level 
these cards are going to be, especially his early Sapphire in PSA and in Gem Mint, are going to be a very tasty investment. And yeah. is there any other players that have taken your fancy for like uh, investment purposes or anything like that? Because obviously it is a World Cup year and it's going to be a very intriguing yeah. year for the hobby because there's going to be a lot more demand. And I think what's been great for the soccer in general hobby is that USA and Canada have qualified for the World Cup now. So there's going to be a lot more eyes on the World Cup and in the trading card community. So is there anyone taking your fancy in that way and you're thinking, well, it could be a good little investment? Well, I mean, I, I have got a few Mbappe cards. I guess that's, they're more investment than, than a player that I want to collect. Jude, you know, if I've got Gemmin 10 Judes, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to part with them because they're not cards that I want to flip and make loads of money on. Um, but Mbappe, I think, given his move, if he, if he moves, I heard something there last night that he might actually be signing a new contract at PSG. Um, but if he moves or France win the World Cup, you know, he's going to be a 22, 23-year-old who's, who's got two World Cup winners' medals under his belt um, and, and is like he's the future of, 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 of football, basically. He's going to be the one with the biggest, most worldwide appeal, especially if he moves to a Real Madrid. You know, Haaland is, is also an exceptional person, but he's not... Uh, an exceptional football player, but he's not going to do it on the international stage like Mbappe will, um, because Norway won't win a World I mean, they might win a World Cup, but it's highly unlikely they'll win a World Cup, whereas Mbappe can win two, three World Cups with the squad that France have got. So he's, a, for me, is a good investment. And you look at his, his, his like cards from 2017 and, and, and before that, like they are, they are expensive. Um, and, um, yeah, I feel like when he gets, if and when he moves to a Real Madrid, i.e. a global successful football club, and PSG are obviously global now, but they haven't really won the Champions League and, and things like that. Mbappe gets the Champions League winner's medal under his belt. I mean, the sky's kind of the limit for him. Um, I, I really like Messiala as well. He's kind of my my secondary collect collection. Um, again, Bayern Munich, they're going to win. They're always going to win stuff. They're always going to be in contention for the Champions League. Germany always going to be in contention for a World Cup. Um and he's he over the next few years is, is is going to be a key player. Florian Verts is another one. His Sapphire Bundesliga Sapphire um, card is is the one. Like if you can pick them up, them up or pick him up, um, I would have said that two or three weeks ago. But obviously he's done his ACL. So how people come back from an ACL is, you know, it's no guarantee he's going to come back the same player. That's for sure. But he he's super exciting. So uh, Musiala himself uh, at Florian Verts and. Mbappe and my three really, um, yeah. I, I mean, I had my own Sancho PC, um, and and was and was following him loads, but I, I cleared that out when I decided like Bellingham was the guy I wanted to I wanted to get behind. Yeah, it's very hard to argue with any of them top talents. And just moving on back to obviously breaking yourself, and it's obviously a big year. What's going to lead up like finishing up with the prism for the World Cup? But what plans have you got for like growing in the future? Is there any? certain products you're looking to aim towards breaking a lot of or just for what's the, going to be like 2022 for Card King UK? Yeah, um, I mean, there's, there's there's lots of products and there's lots of stuff I want to um, I want to I want to do on a bigger scale than I did last year. So th these tops releases um, for sure. And now I have access to, to bigger quantities of stock. I want to be able to offer really good competitive um, breaks that offer, that offer great value and, and a great experience for people that join my breaks. Um, part of that experience, I think, is possibly a website. Um, I've looked into it before. I'm having so many issues with 
with payment gateways um, and getting around that, that it's that's been really, really tough. Um, I know some people use different payment gateways and I've been reaching out to other breakers being like, look, how do you get around this stuff? Because it counts as gambling, getting that stuff over the line um, and basically streamlining the process of buying into one of my breaks offers you as the person entering my break a better experience and it's easier for me to sort stuff out um that because over instagram it can just be a bit messy um so doing that going hard on on the top stuff you know you've got tops chrome coming out i think chrome light's going to be an absolute winner you saw that the f1 chrome light boxes were, were super popular i think they're going to be great for um for, for for the football side of things um they're going to be they're really accessible from a price point of view. I think Prism Breakaway is really gonna is really gonna reinvent Prism when it's released. That was again, that was supposed to be three weeks ago. Prism was breakaway was supposed to be released, and now it's um pushed back to TBD, is what I keep getting told. But but I think that that I'm really excited about those. Prism World Cup will be will be fantastic. I think it just needs people to people just need to curb their expectations. Like it's gonna be a high print run thing, they're gonna milk it for as much as they've got. But those with that, the price will be lower. They're not going to charge the same price. They're going to lower the price and you'll be able to enter more breaks as a result because hopefully that's reflected in your, in the breakers that you use and their, their pricing. So, um, yeah, the World Cup, obviously, um, uh, and, and and the tops UCL stuff. Like at the end of the day, Champions League is going to be here and it's here to stay now. The Super League isn't happening and um, it's the biggest competition in the world with the best players in the world. Um, and we'll always have the best rookies because it's stretched across multiple countries as opposed to just being in the Premier League. So for me, that's where I see myself um, staying in, um, obviously coming back to some prism every now and then. But but yeah, it's really about breaking products that you're, you're excited yourself about and, and you love. Yeah, no, definitely agree with you. And I think it tells in when people break is if they love the product, it's just that much easier to watch and feels a lot more smoother. But for just for anyone who doesn't, know where to follow you on socials if you want to just plug away we love a good old plug so if you want <laughs> know where to find you because no doubt i think everyone should go and give you a follow and watch some of your breaks yeah for sure so um i'm on instagram and it's carking.uk um uh on, over on instagram and all my most of my breaks are over on twitch um and it's just card king uk on, on, on twitch i do occasionally do some stuff on instagram um but that's just for, from an engagement point of view like if you if you're breaking on twitch only the people that enter the breaks are kind of watching. Um, whereas if you do it on Instagram, there's, you know, everyone can get involved and, 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 and have a look. So occasionally I like doing stuff over Instagram, but for the, for the majority of the time, it's over on Twitch with a nice setup. I've got a couple of 4K cameras and um, we put some nice music on and, and we rip cards and, and have fun. No, fantastic. And like I say, thank you very much for coming on. And no doubt we'd love to have you on in future. And we hopefully by maybe by the end of the year and we can see how far you've come in that way and what the products have been like if they've actually finally been released. Yeah, and, and hopefully got a lot of sapphire under our belts, the next sapphire. <laughs> yeah, all sapphire. I think we might, if we do the next episode, it's going to be sapphire edition part two. I think we're just keeping that. <laughs> been a bit separate. But no, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Pat, uh, from Card King UK. And like we say, we wish you the best of luck with everything in the future. And we'd love to have you back on if you'd uh, more than willing to join us in the future. For sure. Yeah, sounds great. But no, that has been episode seven of the Top Loaded Podcast. And yet again, we finally started breaking, talking breaking, which uh, a lot of people have been asking for. So there'll be a lot more in the future, but we'll join us next week for another episode. And it's episode eight already. And for 
everyone around the world listens to this because somehow we've got people listening in the US and New Zealand. I don't know how it's happened, but it's happened. But thank you for everyone for the brilliant support on this podcast because it has been overwhelming at times and especially the sheer quantity of people listening. So we look forward to bringing you the best of content in the future going forward and hopefully we might be able to scale it into more video-based stuff very soon. So thank you very much. Happy hobbying, happy collecting, but most importantly, stay safe, everyone. Good night.